Ready? Mm-hmm. Talk right here. <laughs> Say, let's never meet. Right here. Right here. Say it right here. You want to be part of our podcast? Okay, then. Go play outside. I'm not going to Mom. Yes. It hurt terribly. She's slowly making her way outside. She's oh. Her new thing is I'm a fling ya. What does that mean? Flick. Oh, that's not very nice. Who told her that? Probably her cousins. Mm-hmm. Probably. They teach her all the bad things. I just need a small stack of chips. For what? So my tower doesn't fall over. We have to come up with a clever name for this one. Yes. I feel like it needs to have Don't the word be a dick. I feel yeah, like it has to have the word boobies in it, but that's just because of information that'll come later. Dick is short for Richard. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. Okay, are we doing this? Yes. Let's doing it and doing it and doing it well? Let's do this, mother. Okay. Hi. Hello. This is Let's Never Meet. Yay. I'm Elle. I'm Rissa. We're back. Yes. My voice is back. And now mine sounds like I smoke three packs a day. Well, sounds better than mine did. That's true. <laughs> yours, yeah, yours was weird. was mine, like I was smoking since I came out the womb. Mine, I fully know what caused it. It just hasn't gone away yet. Mine's caused by asphyxiation on a chicken nugget. Mine was caused by absolutely raging at a <laughs> festival for three days. So it's no wonder that I don't sound worse, honestly. That only took me like two weeks to recover. <laughs> honestly, though, I'm in much better shape than the last festival I attended because I was not sore. Surprisingly. That's good. And I only had like two feet blisters. It's out in the swing. Not in the swing. Well, if you've lost it, then it's going to just be lost. It's got to be out there somewhere. You brought it outside. It's. It was in the swing. In the red swing. Go look in the baby swing. Jesus Christ. So, what are we talking about today? Oh, we are going to talk about... Okay. Oh, first I have an update. Okay. In the first part of TED, the word I was searching for is, in fact, quell. It means, quote... <laughs> To put an end to. I've never even heard that word. That is the word I was looking for. I was right oh, the second time. It's even on a post-it note. I did. I know. And it says update even, so I knew what the post-it was for. Oh. Like, I wouldn't remember what quell was for. Right. Not like I use that word all the time. I've never even heard it, so. Right? That makes me feel smart, kind of, that you've never heard it. Uh, yeah, I've never heard it in my life. Uh, read a book. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I read lots of books. <laughs> I'm just kidding. They just don't have Uh-oh. the word quell in them. Oh, we have a sad panda coming. It blew away. Hey, it's pretty heavy. Yeah, yeah it didn't blow away. Go look in the baby swing. I seen it, and it was not in the baby swing. Well, then where was it if you seen it? It blowed away. It surely didn't blow away. A, it's not windy. There's no wind. B, it's a fucking tablet. It didn't blow away. <laughs> okay, let's go find it. Mommy's usually calls. What? Hold that thought. Ten book says she finds it in the baby swing.
it is not in the baby swing. Apparently. <laughs> I promise you it didn't blow away. Did, did she bring it in here? Oh my, I was, she must have put it behind my back. We found it! Not just laughing, a little evil little shit. Yeah, that's, she's cute though. Toddler bipolar. She needs to take that toddler outside. Yeah. Yeah, so and you, you snuck it behind you me. You hid it and then said you couldn't find it. I see you devious little thing. Go sit outside and watch it. Go sit on your trampoline, that'd be fun. I would have loved to have a trampoline when I was little. I would have camped on it in the summer. It's not that big of a trampoline. No, I know, but I want a real one. Go lay on your trampoline. Here comes Cody. He'll be huffing all over everything. He's already huffing. Old ass dog, get out of here. No, because during Ted, I could hear him huffing. I know, I could a little bit too. All right. Okay. Moving on. Who are we talking about today? Um, we're talking about Richard Speck. Oh, yeah, we were doing updates. Was that your only update? Oh, yeah, Quell? yeah. Quell yeah. was your only update? Quell was the only update. Okay. I'm just proud of myself for just pulling that word out of my inner vocabulary. Yeah, that was good. And using it appropriately after I messed up the first time. Right. I mean, it was good anyways. Thank you. So, um, Richard Speck is... I'm going to start with a little, a little lesson for people because I one time almost got into a physical altercation outside of a bar about what I'm about to say <laughs> because somebody was trying to argue. Okay, you can argue with me about a lot of things, but do not argue with me about murderers, okay? Because I you're know You're going to lose. And my friend, it was my friend's cousin, and she even was like, dude, stop. Like, this is a battle you are not going to win. This is a losing battle. So Richard Speck is a mass murderer. People think that mass murderers... <laughs> What in the hell was that, Cody? Did you throw up? Hi, he's buddy. just got a little nice hairball. Okay, so uh, he's a mass murderer. People like to think that mass murderers, spree killers, and serial killers are all the same thing. They is not. No. A serial killer is more than three at separate times. And usually over a long period of time. Yeah. Sometimes. Spree killer okay, is like more than one or two within like the same day or whatever. The same... Rage instance. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I guess, a mass. Is a lot of people at once. So oh, okay. a mass murderer means a lot of people in a very short time are all at once. Yeah. I.e., uh, the guy that shot up the concert in Vegas. Yeah. Uh, school shooters. Yeah. Things like that. Um, spree killers are numerous victims in a small amount of time. Um, there's usually no break or gap in the uh, in the killing. Um, a good example of that was those the DC snipers. Oh yeah, those were definitely a spree. Mm -hmm. Happened very quickly. Um, where a serial killer, there are usually a lot of victims. Well, not always a lot, but a good amount. A lot of times, there's gaps. There could be years between killings. Mm -hmm. um, like uh, BTK, was it? Had several years between. Like 25? Yeah. Like, come on, bro. It was like every time they had a kid, he would stop and then. But it's like, a few it's years a different later, time now. Yeah. You can't just be willy nilly doing whatever you want no. anymore. Forensic Files runs 24 hours a day. If you ain't seen that shit on some channel and know that they're going to be getting you, you fucking deserve to be caught. Right. I mean, yeah. you deserve to be caught anyways because you're a murderer, but. Right. 
But you're if you stupid. ain't even smart enough, like you've gotten away with it for this long, and you're like, right. oh, I think I'll just kill one more person. Yeah, in what, like 2012 or something. Yeah, like you're getting caught for sure. Ain't working. So I just wanted to point that out because the person at the bar was trying to say that a spree and a serial killer were the same thing, and I was literally getting so irritated I was ready to physically fight him. And I finally was like, Google it. Google it right now. Google it, my you jerk. Like, my friend's like, uh, yeah, yeah. You have an iPhone. Or a smartphone. Google, Fucking Google it, it now. Yeah, I was I was getting so pissed. So Richard Speck is a mass murderer. Although he's a mass murderer by uh, conviction and whatnot, I would almost classify him as a serial because we're not we're not sure that there's more victims, but we're not sure that there's not. So he very well could be a serial killer, but he is a convicted mass murderer. Andy's from around here. Ready? Yee. I know, right? Don't worry. Is he still alive? No. No. Oh, that's unfortunate. Just kidding. As in, I mean, like, <laughs> is it? That? that was sarcasm. Uh, right. So he was born in Kirkwood, Illinois, which, being from Illinois, I have no idea where that is. I've heard of it. I have. I'm one of those people that doesn't know where anything is unless I've been there before. So, like, when I'm watching the bad weather and they're saying, like, a tornado's outside of a town, if I've never heard of that town, like, I don't get scared. <laughs> because I don't know where it is. Yeah, I've heard of Kirkwood, but I don't know where it is. So, he was born on December 6th of 1941 to Benjamin and Mary. He is the seventh of their eight kids. That's too many kids. That sounds horrible. Yeah, that's... One of them's no. bound to be a bad seed. Right? The more kids you get, the better the odds. Mm-hmm. Um... They moved to Monmouth, Illinois when Richard was little. That's where my friend went to college. Def know where that is. Yeah. The Fighting Scots. If you know how to play the bagpipes, you can get a free ride there. Which seems like a very odd talent to require, but... They're Scottish. I know, but still. Who get plays bagpipes? Who can even teach you how to play I don't the even know. That was certainly not a Scottish accent. I don't know what that was, but... It's okay. They're all kind of the same. Um, so Richard was very close to his father, who died of a heart attack at 53 when Richard was only six. So, I mean, he couldn't have been that close to him, I guess. I'm sorry, <laughs> what what number child was he in the list? Seven. Okay. Of eight. Okay. But, like, how close could you have been? You were only six. Right? I mean, at six, if you have both of your parents, you're pretty close to them anyways. Right. Because you're like, six. Yeah. You depend on them yeah, for life. You're pretty, you're pretty dependent. Right. Um, so, whatever. So, ooh, there's going to be a new word that I have to explain. You mm. might know the word, but I'll explain it for other people because I like to think that we're smarter than some people. <laughs> no offense to all of you. We are. Totally. So a few years later, uh, Richard's religious teetotaler mother, Mary. She's a what? A teetotaler. Yes, I get to explain the word to you. I don't know what that is. Okay, so she, his teetotaler mother falls in love with a traveling insurance salesman named Carl August Rudolph Lindbergh. That's, That's a goddamn mouthful. Yeah, it is. <laughs> they just threw every name they could find together. It's every single family name since the <laughs> beginning of the tree. But, like, you got cool names. But how are you going to give your name, your kid a cool name like August and Rudolph and pick Carl as his first name? Um, I would, I'm not on board with August and Rudolph I being cool names. I love the name August. Anyway, so teetotaler, is that what your question was? Yes. A teetotaler is someone who completely abstains from alcoholic beverages. That's not me. Um, a t- I've also heard it just in, like, yeah, like a very straight, 
like straight edge. Yes. Same concept. The people that used to draw big black X's on the tops of their hands be like, I'm straight edge. Yeah. I was just like, not me. Do I draw a circle on my hand or what's the the sign? What's the sign for not not straight edge? (laughs) Right. So she's a teetotaler, which is funny because Carl, her husband, is a hard drinking peg leg. (laughs) (laughs) He really has a peg leg? Yeah. He's literally a pirate. This is what it says. Carl equals hard drinking peg leg with a 25 year criminal history. Kind of of the opposite of Mary. He's literally a pirate. I don't know why I just wrote hard drinking. He's a fucking scallywag. Hard drinking peg leg. Like that was was the politically correct way to write that out. But I mean, what year was this? Oh, like 40. I don't know. Nine, maybe? Okay, no, they probably 50. didn't have prosthetic legs then. It probably was just peg legs. But I literally wrote that? A hard drinking peg leg? <laughs> that's not very nice of me, but that's okay. So, Seems nicer than the norm. Ha- yeah. So how Mary ends up with this here Carl, I do not understand. He must have drugged her or something. Yeah, yeah, maybe. They get married on May 10th of 1950. That's my anniversary. In, in 1950? No, wow, 2014. you are aging beautifully. Thank you. Um, they marry in Texas, but Richard and his little sister stay in Monmouth with an older sister who's already married. Oh, yeah, because there's eight of them. Yeah, there's a big age difference. Um, eventually, Richard and the sister go to Texas with, with their mom. So, Richard's childhood, like most of these people, is not great. The family moves to East Dallas, Texas, living in ten different homes within 12 years. Okay, that's way too much fucking moving. Who likes to move that much that that's what they're willing to do? I mean, who fucking packs their house up that often? Like, you literally live, you have to live out of boxes. That sounds horrible. Because the second you pack it up, or unpack it, you got to pack it back up. Yeah, because like some I just imagine packing up my <laughs> house and garage and shit every single year and i would just light a match and toss her in because yeah, i'm start, fucking doing that start shit fresh yeah 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 so richard is verbally abused by carl the peglet <laughs> <laughs> richard struggles in school repeating eighth grade which that happens um he <laughs> he goes into high school eventually and he manages to fail every single class his freshman year and eventually drops out at 16 years old. It took him till 16 to get to his freshman year? No, well, if he did 8th grade twice, that puts him at 14 almost. So mm-hmm. he probably failed a year of freshman and then maybe started a second time and of freshman. And was like, peace out, I'm doing this I'm shit again. I'm done with this. Yeah. Yeah. Clearly I cannot do it. No, no, no. <laughs> Um, so it's, it's stated that Richard started drinking by 12 and was drunk nearly every day by 15. Okay, so safe to say he's not straight edge. No, no, he's not a teetotaler at all. He <laughs> takes after the peg Great. His first arrest was at the age of 13 for trespassing, and he has dozens of misdemeanors over the next eight years. He's in trouble all the time. <laughs> so he's starting out life great. I just think it's weird when people get arrested for trespassing. Like, I think about all the times I've probably technically legally trespassed. It's just, yeah. like, a weird thing to get arrested for. It is. Like, you have to just be trespassing and, like, loitering. Yeah, just hanging like, out in some place that you're not supposed to be. Right, and waiting there for the police to show up. Right. 
the minute I hear sirens, I would run. Right. I would think. Don't do that. That's we already not know good. I'd go in my house and talk to police. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. And nana na boo boo them. Yes, I do believe I did say nana na boo boo. Yes. That's a, that's a direct quote. Uh, oops. Anyway, um, from 1960 to 1963, Richard works as a laborer at the 7-Up Bottling Company in Texas. You will notice that Richard does not keep a job for very long ever. Oh, I wonder why. Three years, though. That was pretty good. Also, he has like a 7th grade education, so the fact that he has any job is pretty good. But, yeah, that's pretty impressive. But he's just a laborer, so. Yeah, probably wasn't I mean, hard. nothing against laborers. He probably just put the bottle on the thing for the thing to fill. Right, he probably set the bottle on the automated machine that then did the rest of the shit. Or then he put the glove on it, like on Wayne's World when they're doing the... Um, I'm thinking more of I Love Lucy yeah, when she works in the chocolate that's factory. Yeah. Oh, no, they're making fun of Laverne and Shirley in Wayne's World. I don't know, it all blurs together. <laughs> also, I don't really like I Love Lucy. <gasps> Shut the front door, I love that show. I think its whole shtick is that Lucy's just stupid, and I don't yeah. like it. Yeah. I don't like a show that just is funny because the woman's a dumbass. Well, I mean... I think that's why I don't like it. I love it. I mean, I don't... A lot of people do. I just don't. I love it because I just relate so much. I also don't know if it's because my mom doesn't like it, I don't think. Probably. That I then just agree with her, I guess. Probably. I don't even know where we were. We were, we were talking about how straight edge we are. <laughs> Leave that in for sure. Um, that was a nice bush light, everyone. Oh yeah, yeah. He was. If you uh, don't like bush light, fight me. I I don't think I've ever actually drank one. So. So Richard was working at the Seven Up Bottling Company. We went over that, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he's film popping bottles. Yeah. Probably he's probably drink. Yeah, I mean, if he's drunk every day, he's probably just drinking on the job. Yeah. Because I'm sure they bottled not just 7-Up. So in October of 1961, Richard meets 15-year-old Shirley Annette Malone at the State Fair. This sounds like it's going to go well. Three weeks into dating, she gets pregnant. Oh, good. Always great. It literally sounds like the fucking Scotland Bark or whatever that is in 101 Dalmatians. Yeah, something bad is happening with the dog. Is that what it's called? I don't know. I don't really remember. Um... I just, I can't get, I can't get past the barking. Ugh. I can't get past the barking to focus on anything else. Like, is somebody trying to break into that house? Like, what's happening? That dog barks all the time. I don't like it. Um, on January 19th, 1962, Richard and Shirley marry and move into his family home with his mom, his sister, and her sister, his sister's husband. Um, Pegleg Carl had moved to California. Oh, Pegleg Carl. Yeah, he's out of he's he's gone by now. He's he's out of this whole mess. He boarded his ship and sailed away. Well, and like you married a lady with eight kids, that's taking on a lot when you're a drunk. Oh, pet they're like. not all his. No, he's the stepdad. Ew. Yeah, that's an extra pressure that nobody wants. Well, no wonder he's a drunk peg leg. Yeah, not just a peg leg. I am nearly a drunk, able bodied person and I only have one kid. Right? Okay, in July July fifth, nineteen sixty two, Richard's daughter Robbie Lynn is born while Richard is serving a twenty two day jail sentence for disturbing the peace during a drunken melee in a different town. What? So he basically got drunk and acted a fool and had to serve twenty two days in jail. <laughs> I mean, what exactly does a drunken melee contain? Um, I picture there's some of this. You want to take it outside? <laughs> 
And Let's then, go outside right now. And then actually going outside. Yeah, and then trying to fist and fight. And tearing your shirt off. Oh, yeah, and yeah, for sure, yeah. shirt tearing off. And, like, come at me, bro, in the parking lot. Yeah, like, in yeah, the road, yeah. And maybe. then when the cops come, you swing at them to get them off yeah. of you from fighting. Yeah, that is, would be a melee. Is what I picture in my head. I'm pretty sure that's, we just explained exactly what happened. Probably did. Verbatim. <laughs> So, in July 1963, Richard gets caught forging and cashing a co-worker's $44 paycheck. Uh, I'm sorry, what were the consequences for that? Um, <laughs> we, we don't know yet. Oh, okay. Um, but, like, you go through Was all it that, worth $44? Well, he does something <laughs> even stupider in a second. Great. So, after he cashes his $44 paycheck, it's not his... <laughs> Holy. He robs a grocery store... Getting away with a carton of cigarettes, a case of beer, and three dollars cash. Three fucking dollars. Yes. Well, I mean, a carton of cigs is like forty-five dollars. I mean, that's probably not in nineteen sixty-three. No, but in nineteen sixty-three, they were probably all of twenty-five. Yeah, I don't know. But and I'm just saying, that was like, probably expensive for them. You still you robbed somewhere and you got three dollars cash. Why even bother taking the three bucks? Yeah, that's. I don't get that either. That's um, stupid. So Richard is 21 when he's convicted of forgery and burglary and sentenced to three years in prison, but only serves from 1963 to 1965 and was paroled after only 16 months. For stealing three bucks? Well, and the check. He forged the check. I think that's oh. what gets him. I'm sorry. He stole, what, $46? He $47? $47. And mm. smoked some beer. Well, yeah, that's probably a good 70 yeah, Whole like, dollars. can you imagine? Okay, that would be my luck, is I would go into Rob somewhere and they had $3. This is all I have, and it's in change. And I'd be like, well, give well, it to give me. It I'm to already me. too far in now. Right. I'm in too deep. Yeah, I'm already broke the law, so you might as well. Right? Have you ever me. stole anything? Um, confession time. Yes, I stole. <laughs> I, well, I stole the pregnancy test that my friend used to find out she was pregnant with her second child. <laughs> But we never actually left the store. She took the test in the store, so I like to think it wasn't actually stealing because we didn't take it anywhere. <laughs> okay. So that's that's about it. Um, a girl in high school got banned from Six Flags for stealing on our senior trip. Oh, my God. I accidentally stole a carabiner from Farm and Fleet one time. Oh, we stole... <laughs> my mom and I accidentally stole... Um, charcoal one time because it was on the bottom of the car mm-hmm. and we self-checked out oh, and then we got out and we're like we're not going back in no, now no, no. i had the carabiner in my hand the whole time and i was like clicking it and we just went through the line and i just had it in my hand and was clicking it clicking it we got out to the car and i was like oh my god i just stole this <laughs> and austin was like you're fucking hard and criminal. You just stole a $1 carabiner from Farm and Fleet. And I was like, oh my god, we have to go back in. No, you just gotta go at that point. Yeah, he was like, we're not fucking going back in. No. It's a dollar. Yeah. I was like, oh my god, this is the first thing I've ever stolen. That was like four years ago. Yeah, so I think I think the pregnancy test. But I mean, does it count as stealing if it never left the store? I mean, it did in the trash eventually, but... I mean... We like to say that it doesn't count because it didn't leave the store. <laughs> we're gonna go with that. Yeah. Statute of limitations probably for sure. Uh, it's getting there, at least. Yeah. I, I'll admit what store and, and all the details in a couple of years. <laughs> Mom's got free. I feel like it can only be one of them. Yeah, few. you know where it was. <laughs> <laughs> so one week after he's paroled from the forgery thing, on January 9th of 1965, Richard attacks a woman with a 17-inch carving blade, but <laughs> ran away when she screamed. 
because you know nothing says I'm a badass like running away right you've a 17 inch okay 17 inches yeah that's a foot and a half right almost yeah yeah that's a big fucking black that's a that's a borderline sword okay (laughs) you're wielding a sword sword and you're running away because she's screaming that's uh yeah you were cut out for this profession yeah he is not okay so to go from ted being a genius this guy is definitely the opposite (laughs) (laughs) so the police quickly catch him because like she probably was like, he ran that way. Right. He's he, running down the street carrying a 17-inch blade. Yeah, he's it's the, not like he put it in his pocket. He's the only guy in town running with a fucking sword. <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine the people, like, watching it? Is he, did like... Did he just have a sword? Did he... Can I just ask, did he at least run with the sword pointed down? I would... Probably not. He probably was like... Ah! Yeah, he's <laughs> probably just wielding it around. So, this is what doesn't make sense. He's convicted. I mean, nothing's made sense thus far. Oh, it nothing makes sense ever. None of these stories. Why start now? He's convicted of aggravated assault and sentenced to 16 months plus extra time for violating his parole. Now, he served 16 months for forgery and he gets 16 months for attacking a woman with a sword. We're just going with sword at this point. (laughs) I mean, it It basically is a sword. So, he gets the same amount of time, basically. But. Here we go. Due to an error, he's released after only six months when the parole violation sentence is served. So he's released on July 2nd of 1965. After how many months? Six months. Six months? Hmm. So he served a third of the time almost. For sword wielding. For sword wielding than he did for forgery. For For $47. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Top dollar seventy. With the cigs and the beer. Right. And you know if he's an alcoholic, he ain't drinking no expensive beer. He's drinking, like, old Milwaukee or some shit mm-hmm. that's, like, four bucks a case. Oh, yeah. So you know that ain't worth nothing. No. He is not getting, the sh- he's not getting, like, Dos Equis or no, whatever no, that fancy no, beer no, is. No, 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 no. That's not even in his vocabulary. No, no, no. He is drinking straight up Natty Light or old Milwaukee. Natty Light is definitely. Although, Natty Light now has this summer brew that's, like, strawberry lemonade or something and it is so fucking good that sounds decent it's so good we'll get like some we for, we'll get some for the pool this summer yes i mean we're embarrassed to drink this but it's so fucking good we can get over the fact that it's what's, the other, what's the other one everybody always made fun of when we were younger the beer keystone yes i, I was not an av- i'm not an avid beer drinker i don't get down with the keystone i i was not a beer drinker until i was in my mid-20s that's Early good. to mid twenties. That's probably good. No, I so, drank liquor like as, as, a bottle of liquor every time we went out. That's not good. <laughs> like a bottle of rum. I Ew. one time drank an entire bottle of UV and tried to pull the fire alarm and sat on the edge of the banister at Monmouth College, featured in this episode. <laughs> there you go. I never partied in Monmouth. I partied in Macomb, which is very close though. I went to Macomb for one semester. I fell down a hill there once. Uh, Ashley ripped a water fountain off the wall at Monmouth one night when we were That is slammed hardcore. Yeah. We like to go hard or go home. Yeah. We go hard and then go home also. (laughs) And we go home afterwards. Yes. (laughs) So when Richard is released after his measly six months for wielding a sword, (laughs) he works at a meat company. (laughs) I love this part. But... (laughs) 
but is fired after he has six accidents with the work truck. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why did it take six? Right? Was it six in one shot? Or, like, were they like, okay, Richard, next time. You're done. And then he just backed into the car behind him, and they're like, <laughs> okay, right, uh, next time. I don't know, but the best part about it is, is that it says, and then he stopped going. So, like, I don't know if they actually... Oh, so he wasn't fired for six accidents. He was just like, well, fuck, I can't drive, so I'm not going to be doing <laughs> this. And then they, like, fired him. <sighs> so apparently at that place, you can just wreck the work truck all you want. It's no big. <laughs> so sometime during this whole rigmarole... <laughs> That's exactly what it is. It's a fucking dog and pony show. It's a circus. Um... Richard and Shirley have separated. Oh, really? Like, Shirley was like, I'm out. Yeah, well, she's seen his driving and his... <laughs> Me and Robbie Lynn are gone. His sword wielding, and she was like, peace, bitch. Was, you stupid. It's probably his driving more than anything Yeah, that's what I said. Like, I ain't going nowhere with <laughs> that you. That record ain't good. No. Well, no. <clears throat> and you can't even steal more than three fucking bucks, so... Yeah, like, you're not... You're a criminal, which whatever, but you're not even a good one. No. You can't <sighs> even excel at being a criminal. <laughs> So the next part of my notes also makes me almost pee my pants laughing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> in in December of 1965, <clears throat> on recommendation from his mother, Richard moves in with a 29-year-old divorced woman, a former professional... <laughs> a former professional wrestler... <laughs> And a bartender at Richard's favorite bar called Jenny's Lounge. Apparently she needed a babysitter for her three kids while she worked. As a wrestler or a bartender? <laughs> and also, as a, as a wrestler, I feel like he's in danger because he can't even he can't even harm somebody with a fucking sword after she just screams. Can you screams. imagine if he went after her? She'll fucking slam him with a chair. But like... There were professional women wrestlers in 1965. <laughs> All I can think of is, like, Nacho Libre. <laughs> I just like that his mom was like, here, move in with this bitch. Things She's a babysitter. Things aren't going well, Richard. I'm sorry. How many children have you babysat in your life? Well, he was the baby and then had one kid that his wife okay. took away. So not I'm just many. saying, how many how many people have you babysat and how many have you fucking lived with and moved in with because they needed a babysitter? Yeah. That's bizarre. But, like, I just picture, <laughs> okay, knowing what Richard Speck looks like, I just picture her, like, <sighs> like, onto him and stuff. I don't know why. I picture her looking like um, Coach Beast from Glee with, like, the weird curly hair. And I didn't the watch Glee. Body. Okay, well. She looks, like Miss Trunchbull? Sort of, yeah. <laughs> a She'll put you in the fucking jokey. A, a former professional wrestler. And now she's a bartender. Like, okay. So is she, like, crushing cans on her head for... No, she's probably, like... For tips? Crushing them. (laughs) She's crushing them with her boob. Yeah, I don't... (laughs) Like that lady that has the humongous boobs and just crushes cans with them. I don't know. I don't know why that made me laugh, 
to the point where I almost peed my pants, but I just think it's <laughs> hilarious. I, 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 it the fact that the mom pimped him out to this former professional wrestler is what kills me. I probably because she knew she'd keep his ass in fucking line. She just probably, beat him up. Probably. So in January of 1966, Richard and Shirley officially divorced. She's like, not only are you a horrible criminal, but now you're living with this crazy lady. <laughs> right. You're living with another woman. See ya, so, bye. In the same month, Richard stabs a man during a fight at Jenny's Lounge. With a sword or... Okay, uh, wait, 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 wait. Where his his wrestling bartender he, girlfriend. He's supposed to be babysitting. supposed to be babysitting? <laughs> maybe, he, maybe she had... Maybe she wasn't bartending, so she could stay home with the kids. I sure hope so. But also, like, why would you... She already bartended at his favorite bar, so, like, why would you... I thought that was his favorite bar. That's what I'm saying. So, yeah. But, like, why would you why would you move in to babysit the kids at the bartender at your favorite bar? That means you ain't going to your favorite bar. Right. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. And it, if you are still able to go to your favorite bar, you ain't going when your favorite bartender's there because you Somebody's can only go when she ain't there. Yeah. You ain't getting a babysitter because you are the fucking babysitter. Yeah. So Richard is charged with aggravated assault, but his t- attorney gets it reduced to disturbing the peace. He's fined $10 and spends three days in jail. For stabbing a man. So, so basically this whole story is where somehow Richard just like avoids actual punishment. I'm sorry. Okay. So <clears throat> he received six months for stealing $47. No, he had 16 months for that. 16 months for $47. and Six months for the sword wielding. Six months for the sword wielding. And how long? Three for, days for uh, stabbing a man. Three days for stabbing. Okay. All right, this this makes sense. It's Texas. Now, who knows? All right. Well, I mean, surprised they didn't get the death penalty for the three bucks. <laughs> True. They do not play around in Texas. No, they don't. Apparently, though, you can stab someone. For three days. So, in Mar- March 5th of 1966, Richard buys a car, robs a grocery store. He has a license still? Oh, I don't think so. Well, I don't know. Don't you have to show your license to buy a car? My friend bought a car when she was, like, 14. I guess I don't really care as long as I get the money. Yeah. Um, Robs a grocery store, gets 70 cartons of cigarettes. Then 70? Yeah, but then listen. Did he buy a fucking U-Haul? No, no. But listen to this part. He then proceeds to sell the cigarettes in the grocery store parking lot. Jesus fucking Christ. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard my entire life. So he robs them and then stands outside and sells the stolen merchandise. That is the stupidest shit. Also, are you selling it by carton? Are you selling it by SIG? Are you selling it by pack? You couldn't even go down the fucking corner and hustle them down there? So he's out pimping SIGs in the parking lot, right? Of the store that he just stole them from. Yeah, which is just another sign that Richard's not Okay, so I am going to share with you a vocabulary word. It's actually more of an acronym, but it's uh, a DFR. (laughs) (laughs) Uh It stands for dumb fuck retard. Yeah. That would be what this man is. He is a DFR. Yeah, he's for sure. Yeah. No brains at all. Not a, not a one of them. No. So the cops obviously issue a warrant for Richard. Knowing that this would be his 42nd arrest while in Texas. What the? You're allowed to get arrested that many times? Apparently. They're definitely not a three-strike state, apparently. No. Um, knowing that he's going to be jailed. There's there's no way around this system. Right. His sister takes him to a bus stop, and he takes a bus to Chicago. <laughs> so he bails on Texas. He comes to Illinois, because Chicago. 
Right. Stays with a sister in Chicago until he returns to his childhood home of Monica. <laughs> That's the biggest dream dog I've ever seen. It's oh like a fucking bird. God. It's like a pterodactyl. Ah! He's going to break the wall. Yeah, that was big. So he returns to his childhood hometown of Monmouth, Illinois. Yay. What year is this? Uh, Anytime. Uh, 1966. Oh. So uh, Richard's brother still lives in Monmouth, and he finds him a job, and Richard finds a place to live. In March of 1966, Richard is on a bar crawl with some people. I don't. I wouldn't say they're his friends because how would he have friends? <laughs> right. The group is detained because Richard supposedly pulls a knife on another bar patron. Can we stop selling him motherfucking knives and beers? Right? <laughs> Nothing's going good. You are banned from all bars ever. So on April 3rd, 1966, a 65-year-old Mrs. Virgil Harris returns home at 1 a.m. to find a man ransacking her home. The man was over six foot tall, and Mrs. Virgil says he was very polite and soft-spoken with a gentle southern accent. <laughs> he blindfolds her, ties her up, rapes her, and steals the $2.50 she'd made babysitting that night. Two. So he's going down in monetary D-F-R. value. D-F-R. Yeah. $2.50? Is that fucking real? Yeah. And she said he was fucking polite. And soft-spoken. Girl, he raped you. He ain't fucking polite. No. I think politeness definitely leaves at the moment of rape. Yeah. No matter how nice he was before. No. So, a week later, Mary Kay Pierce, a 32-year-old barmaid, is last seen leaving of the tavern she worked in on April 9th. On April 13th, she's reported missing. So, that took a little while. Yeah, a few days. Her body was then found that day in an empty hog pen behind the tavern... She died of a blow to That her- sounds like a fucking tavern I'd like to go to. One next to a fucking hog pen? Mmm. Yeah, that's gross. Um, a blow to her abdomen is what killed her. It ruptured her liver. Jesus, how hard do you have to hit somebody in their abdomen? Hard, I'm guessing. She must not have had as much padding as I do. No, no, yeah, she had to be a skinny <laughs> little thing. Um, so it was known that Richard frequented the tavern she was last seen at and had helped build the hog pen behind the tavern. Well, that's convenient. Isn't it, though? So the cops questioned Richard when he was finally, when he picked up his final paycheck from the job he was working at. Because he had, like, a construction job. He tells... The cops tell him to stay in town. I wonder how many fucking accidents he had on a construction job. He can't even drive a fucking truck. Right. So they tell him to stay in town. They show up at where he was living, and he's leaving with a suitcase, obviously. Right. He's not staying in town. He tells them he's going to the laundromat. With a suitcase? They let him leave, and he skips town. Oh, no, no. That... (laughs) Obviously. Um, a search dumb. of his apartment finds things reported stolen from recent burglaries in the area. When you show up to question a suspect and he has a suitcase... He gonna leave. Right. I, I think that's cop 101. Right. He ain't going to the fucking laundromat. No, no. You don't take a suitcase to the laundromat. No. You take a fucking laundry basket. Yeah. Did he have his fucking bus ticket in hand, too? Oh, that's just, just uh, my notes. <laughs> this is how to do my laundry. Yeah. But he's probably so stupid. He probably had to have it wrote down. I'm sure. <laughs> One, clothes into washer. Right. Washer is top load machine. Yeah. Put quarters in slots. Right. <laughs> probably four. Probably, yeah. 
So in April, on April 19th of 1966, Richard returns to Chicago to stay with his sister, Martha, and her husband, Jean. He tells them that he had to leave Monmouth because he refused to sell drugs for a, quote, quote, a, quote, crime syndicate. In Monmouth? I don't know. It's weird. Gene, having been in the Navy, thinks the Merchant Marines would be a good job for Richard, so Uh, he takes him on April 25th to apply. Richard is photographed and... Extradited to Texas because he's wanted. No, he's photographed fingerprinted oh good and accepted by the merchant marines and quickly gets work he joins a ship on april 30th and sets out i never knew what the merchant marines were to be quite honest with you they're civilians that work for the navy basically or the marines or whatever no i think it's the navy i don't i think the word marine is thrown off because they're not with the marines they're with the navy yeah well it it's like marine as in water yes yes, marine yeah so he leaves on a boat on may 3rd on a boat motherfucker i'm on a boat may 3rd 1966 richard is struck down with appendicitis and is evacuated from an emergency appendectomy i literally oh oh been there Wasn't there, as bad as mine, though, motherfucker. Been there, done that. Mine was gangrenous. What do you got? Right? I doubt his was that bad. So Richard lives with Martha to recover, but rejoins his ship on May 20th. So he only had to recover for, like, 16 days, and I feel like mine took forever. I mean, it didn't really, but... Well, I mean, it was literally dead. True. It was curling around and grabbing onto other... I felt dead. Um, so he returns on the ship on May 20th, but only works until June 14th when he gets drunk and fights with an officer. Jesus And he's put ashore. <laughs> they just drop him off on land. They just put him in one of those little yellow blow-up get dinghies and we're boat, like, Get off the boat, Richard. Off the boat. He's like, but there's no land anywhere. Just get off the boat, Goodbye. Richard. See ya. Yeah. So on, <laughs> yeah. So on June 30th of 1966... Uh, Martha's husband, Jean, drives Richard to the National Maritime Union Hiring Hall in South Deering, Chicago. I mean, why are we even still trying? This man's had, like, 50 jobs. But how nice is his family that they're still trying to make his life better for him? At this point... He's a lost cause. He just needs to collect disability because he's too fucking stupid. (laughs) He's real stupid. So he's going to get his Siemens card. (laughs) I'm sorry, what? (laughs) He's going to get a Siemens card. I don't know what that means. I don't either. I didn't really look into it either. I I feel like we should because I feel like my idea of the Siemens guard is not what it actually (laughs) is. No, I don't think so either. (laughs) But. Was his name like Trojan? Siemens guard? (laughs) No. Maybe. I don't know. Oh, I have so much more, I feel like. Okay. So, one block east of the National American Please don't use Union, words like east and west. One block to one direction of it <laughs> were townhouses housing students. The easternmost house was just 150 feet from the National Maritime Union Hall and housed eight senior nursing students. It sounds like the National Maritime Whatever Hall would host some great ballroom dancing yes and shit like i feel like that's a place my grandparents would go to do some dancing for sure so in that house is eight nursing students mm. somehow richard finds us out so 
<laughs> on here you go. Here's here's what you were thinking. On July 11th, 1966, Richard outstays his welcome at Martha's house. So Jean again drives him to the hiring hall, and Richard stays at a rooming house about a mile away. You got to go, Richard. Yeah. You ain't working. You can't hold the job because you're too dumb. You do the stupidest crimes anyone's ever heard of. Exhibit A, stole $3. Exhibit B, raped and stole two fifty. Right. Like, Exhibit C, wielding a fucking sword in public. Yeah. Definitely do your sword wielding at home. Right. Or not in a public fucking setting. Yeah. No, not a good place for that. And don't run away. At least be... If you have the balls to wield a, basically a sword at someone, don't run away when they scream. No. Come on now. No, well, I guess. So on July 12th, the next day, Richard returns to the hall, gets an assignment for a ship, goes to said ship, only to be told his spot was filled, so he gets a ride back to the hall to get another job, but the hall is closed. Well, yeah, he fucking put him out of business. Yeah, I mean, we got no more boats for you, Richard. No. So out of money, obviously, because he doesn't have a job. <laughs> right. Richard spends the night in an unfinished house nearby that's being built. Hmm. Um, so squatting now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So on July 13th, which is like two days after this whole rigmarole again started, Richard returns to the hiring hall and is very angry. He spends the day drinking at bars, which... Again, you don't have no monies, I thought. Also, always leads to great ideas <laughs> from him. from him, right? Well, Martha comes and meets him and gives him a little more money. Why? he stays yeah. at a rooming house. Stop fucking giving him money! Yeah. Well, this is what happens after this, right? He accosts... I like that word. <sighs> he accosts 53-year-old Ella Mae Hooper and takes her to his room in the boarding house. He rapes her, steals her... $16 mail order 22 caliber pistol. Uh, I'm sorry, is this 1925? Why uh, Why is your pistol $25? $16. Yeah. It was 22 caliber. Why was it $16? What, what and she ordered it in the, in the, as a mail order one. Well, I mean... That makes sense, I guess. The rules were a little more lax back then. I really like how my handwriting looks on the word mail. So after he steals the pistol, he keeps drinking and returns to the tavern for a bit. Always good. And then walks a mile and a half to East 100th Street, where the nurse's townhouse is. Oh, no. Shit goes bad. That night at 11 p.m., Richard breaks into the townhouse at 2319 East 100th Street, a dorm for nursing students. Richard breaks in with the knife, which he has a pistol, but I guess the knife probably gets him in better. In this home, Richard kills Gloria Davy, Patricia Matusik, Nina Jo Schmale, Pamela Wickening, Suzanne Ferris, Marianne Jordan, Merlita Gargula, oh, I don't know, and Valentina Passion. Um, Richard held the women in a room and led them out one by one to stab or strangle them. Which would be terrifying. Wouldn't? Why would they not all just like rally together and take him down? Yeah. Like if we're all in a room together and he's taking us out one by one, we're rallying. And when he opens the door, we're jumping that motherfucker. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. It'll be like 9-11 when they took the plane down. That'll be us. <laughs> yeah. You, Let's rock and roll and we're taking him down for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why. I, do, I, I mean, I imagine they were just paralyzed. Right, and they thought maybe he was 
I mean, maybe they didn't know he was killing them one by one. Right. Maybe they were just like, well, let's let him do whatever, and maybe then he'll leave. But, I mean, like, once two people disappeared and didn't come back, I'd be like, all right, listen, we have to formulate a plan here because... We're definitely plotting. Yeah. Yeah. Plotting and thotting. Uh-huh. Just kidding. There's no thotting. <laughs> he only rapes his final victim, Gloria. Oh, well, that's considerate. But there was another woman in the house. Now... Her name was Corazon Amaro. Her name was Cortazon? C- Corazon? Corazon, which is heart in Spanish, I think would be the proper way to say that. Oh. Um, escape- she escaped when Richard left the room once. She didn't live there. She was just staying the night. She hid She under- probably never stayed the night at anybody's house oh, ever no. again. She hid under something. And they're thinking, this is how dumb Richard is. He either lost count because he would have tied up nine women. Or he somehow knew there should be eight because that's how many people live there, so he didn't realize that one was hiding. But, like, when you tie up nine women, I feel like you should be like... Oh, wait, so he did tie all of them up? He might have. I don't know. Hmm. He had them in a room. I'm assuming he must have tied them up because, yeah, otherwise, just leave when he leaves a room. Right. But, like, wouldn't you be like... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Um, no. If I was Richard... Yeah, no. If you're Richard, you would not do that. You wouldn't realize you didn't kill all the people that you tied up? He fucking stole $3 from the grocery store. Well, yeah, he's stupid, a normal person who was doing this would be like, He dumb! I thought there was nine. So poor Corazon, um... I can't. ...is hidden until 6 a.m., long after (gasps) he's gone, but she stays hidden because she is not... petrified. She is way, way smarter than Richard is. But here's where Richard's also stupid. Unlike Ted, also stupid. Yeah, unlike Ted Bundy, who never leaves a fingerprint. Fingerprints at the scene match Richard because remember, he, he was, was a merchant marine. He has his, they have his fingerprints yeah. in databases all up everywhere. You are stupid. Yeah. AF. Uh-huh. So 2 days later, a drifter named Claude Lunsford recognizes Richard from the police sketch, which amazing, and, <laughs> right? And calls the police. We all know how good police sketches are. No, no cops come out to answer Claude's call, even though the police verify that they did receive it from him. I'm but sorry. he was just like a. I think he was just like a homeless vagabond or something. You can just ignore. Cops ignore calls all the time. Mm, that's true. So Richard attempts suicide at the Star Hotel, and sh- in he Chicago. can't even do that, right? <laughs> Nope, and ends up at the hospital on July 17th. So he's not even with it enough to even kill himself when he tries. Because he is a D-F-R. Yes. D-F-R. So there's a doctor at the hospital, Dr. Leroy Smith, who recognizes Richard because of a tattoo that says, quote, born to raise hell. And it was mentioned in the article about the murders because Corazon mentions it to the police. That's a stupid fucking tattoo. That is real stupid. I try not to judge, but come on now. I mean, born to raise hell. More like born to fucking wreck cars. And born to be stupid AF. Wield swords. Um, the doctor obviously calls the cops, but they listen to him because he's a doctor. Richard is arrested, but due to concerns over recent Miranda case, he's not questioned until three weeks later. Three weeks? Yes, because before Miranda, you didn't have to do all that stuff, you know? 
you have the right to remain silent mm-hmm. anything you can't or anything you say can and will be used you in a court of law you have a right, right to an attorney. attorney if you cannot afford one one shall be, be appointed, appointed to you. you yeah like all that stupid stuff do you understand I would just be like nope yeah right because then they can't question you if you don't understand your rights well they also can't question you if you ask for a lawyer correct but nobody's smart enough to know that right and I always was like I would just tell him everything I know. Asking for a lawyer makes you look guilty AF. Yeah, but talking. But, yeah, you can talk yourself into some fucking shit. Uh-huh. Don't trust them fucking detectives. No. I always wanted to be a detective, but I don't fucking trust them as far as I could throw them. Because they, if they want you to fit their narrative, they'll do whatever the fuck they can to make it happen. Yeah. So, zip your lip, ask for a fucking lawyer. Yes. The moment you are questioned by police. Say no words, ask for a lawyer. I want an attorney. Yes. Yes. Because even if you ain't guilty, they can take whatever they have recorded of you out of context uh-huh. and put it in whatever order they want and yep. make it fit whatever they want. Yep, yep. I Not all detectives are like that, but... Enough are that you don't I've want to take heard, chance. I've heard quite a few podcasts about ones that are, so yes. I am not going to take that chance if I so happen to ever be questioned by one. No, no. Nope, nope, nope. So, the felony court judge, Herbert J. Passion, spelled P-A-S-C-H-E-N. Passion. Okay. Unless it's Paschen. Sounds stupid. (laughs) He assembles a panel to report on on Richard's competency to stand trial and his sanity at the time of the crime. He definitely is not competent to stand anything. He's not competent to stand life at this point. Right. So the panel was made of three defense-suggested physicians and three prosecution-suggested physicians. Those are really hard words to get out in succession. (laughs) So the report came out and said that Richard is not insane and he is competent to stand trial. Now... He crazy, but that does not mean he isn't insane. So this is what I, this is what grinds my gears. People think that being quote unquote crazy is not being insane at the time of the crime. Like being insane at the time of the crime means you don't know right or wrong. Right. But people think like they have a diagnosed mental illness, so that they're 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 mentally ill. Okay, but they ain't insane mm. legally. Right. Grinds my gears. Anyway, Richard sees a psychiatrist while awaiting trial and is diagnosed as obsessive-compulsive personality and organic brain syndrome. What the fuck is organic brain syndrome? Funny you should ask. Because <laughs> I know what OCD is. I got a heavy dose of it myself. Right. Um, organic brain syndrome is a syndrome or disease of the brain functioning, more of an impairment than a mental disorder. Well, he definitely got some sort of mental impairment. But here's the kicker. The psychiatrist he's seeing that diagnoses him with all these things that could very well help him is not allowed to testify in court because he was writing a book about Richard and and publishes his biography of Richard Speck in the summer of 1967. One surefire way to not get to testify in court is to openly write a book about what's going on. (laughs) Right. Also, <laughs> that was his therapist? Uh-huh. I guess um, HIPAA didn't exist then. Prim- like, doc- or patient did- privilege or whatever. Or, yeah, like, can you just openly, like, you're a therapist. They're telling you everything about their life. You can just write a book about that? He probably made Richard sign something that he got permission or probably. something. Probably. And he just signed it willingly. Because he's fucking stupid. Yeah. So Richard claims to these people that he has no recollection of the murders, but he'd confessed to Dr. Leroy at the hospital. 
But that confession was not allowed to be talked about because he had confessed under heavy sedation. <laughs> Are they sure he was sedated or that was... Just his that normal could have just function. been his mental state, yeah. his normal mental state. Yeah. So, in, on April 3rd of 1967, Richard's trial begins, but it's moved to Peoria, Illinois, mm. um, where a judge put a gag order on the press that's in the courtroom. I... There's no need for a gag order. My fucking therapist has been writing a book. Right. So, I used to work for the health department, and I t- took care, helped take care of, like, elderly people or homebound disabled people and one of the guys I took care of grew up in Peoria and he skipped school the day Richard's trial was happening and went down to the courthouse to try to see Richard (laughs) which is totally something I would have done yeah so I can't blame him for that right um in court the sole surviving nurse Corazon was asked to identify him. She left the witness box, stood directly in front of Richard, pointed almost touching him, and said, this is the man that did it. So she was brave. Yeah, she was. Most of them were like, he's over there. She was like, no, bitch. It's you this did it. one. Yeah. So. You. On, <laughs> on April 15th, 1967, after a whopping 49 minutes of deliberation, Richard is found guilty. 49 minutes. Wow. That is the quickest deliberation I've ever heard of in my life. Yeah, I've, I don't think I've heard of a faster one. No. So on June... They pretty much just went in there and they were like, yeah, he guilty, bye. Yeah, like, can we get lunch? And then yeah. they did it. Right, they took Let's a break for lunch. Yeah. somebody else's dime and then right. we'll we'll, yeah. we'll we'll order our food while we're eating. We'll write our our, uh, yeah. our picks on the little piece of paper. We'll throw yeah. them in a hat. We'll do this. Everyone's guilty. Great. Let's eat lunch and go back. Now we have a verdict. Yeah. Yes. So on June 5th of 1967, Judge Passion sentences Richard to death by electric chair. His execution was automatically stayed due to appeals, which you are legally allowed. It takes a really long time to execute someone. Yeah. Except Eileen Warnos, who waived all her appeals and said, get this over with. Yeah, well, I mean, she was like... She was nuttier than a fruitcake. She was goofier than a pet coon, that's for sure. (laughs) Yeah. So the Illinois Supreme Court upheld his death sentence on November 22nd of 1968. So he went through some stuff and... So... It was speculated that Richard had XYY syndrome, which is where they have an extra chromosome, which is responsible for extra height, acne, and aggression. So they have the extra male chromosome. Okay. I don't know. But Richard was tested, and it was resulted that he had normal XY chromosome. So could try yeah. to get him not executed because he's yeah, medically right. whatever. You but. actually can't claim medical ailments that don't e- exist. Right. And, like you can't just yeah, claim something that, that could thing, that could easily be tested and proven wrong. Right. You better be goddamn sure if that's what you're claiming. Uh-huh. So on June 28th of 1971, the US Supreme Court upheld Richard's conviction but reversed his death sentence because 250 jurors who were anti-death penalty were dismissed from uh being in the jury. They were through 250 jurors? It's Chicago. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think it started. No, it was Peoria. No, but I know, but I think at first they started in Chicago and moved it. But Uh, even in Peoria, that's a lot. Yeah. But, like, you have the right to dismiss jurors that you don't want. Yeah. But, whatever. On June 29th of 1972, the U.S. Supreme Court decided death penalty was unconstitutional, so Richard had to be resentenced. (laughs) 
Here we go. Ready? This is what this is what his official sentence is for all this. On November it was like five days. <laughs> no, on November twenty first, nineteen seventy two, in Peoria, a judge resentences Richard to four hundred to twelve hundred years. Good God! Eight sentences of fifty to one hundred and fifty years, one wow. for each murder. So he ain't getting out. No. Too bad he's not a 300-year-old vampire named Victor. Right. Then he might live long enough. Yeah, I mean, even if you are a 300-year-old vampire named Victor, 1,200 years, you got a fucking long way <laughs> to go. a really long time. Unless you're there's serving concurrently. There's a lot of wood stakes sometime in there. There's a lot of shanks. Yeah. Shanks are normally made of wood. Yeah. I actually don't know. That doesn't sound true at all. They might be. I don't know. I don't know where they get wood, though. I, um, wood shop? I'm not really sure. <laughs> a wood carving shop? Um, yeah. Richard is denied parole, obviously, in 1976, 1977, 1978, 1981, 1984, 1987, so and 1990. Always. <laughs> My thing is, is he was sentenced in 1972 to 400 years. How was he possibly denied parole in 1976? Yeah, I don't... They, you serve one one-hundredth of your <laughs> sentence? <laughs> and they, he was up for parole, like, every two years. Yeah. What? That's not a thing. I th- even serving 80%, he's in there for 300 years. <laughs> right. So why are we bothering? You are not this? getting out. There's no, no parole. So, that is ri- what leads Richard to a life in prison. Now, where things get even more bizarre. Can it even get more bizarre <laughs> at this point? Yes. So, this is Richard's life in prison. So, Richard is incarcerated at Stateville Correction Center. Now, I dated a criminal for a little while. <laughs> Which one was the one that... Spent time in the Peoria? No, it was Joliet. Who's the famous killer that lived and died in the Joliet prison? Uh, was it Jeffrey Dahmer? Gacy might have. Was it? He's from Illinois. Um, so I asked my high school boyfriend who later became a small time criminal. Not the one that was on the lamb? No, he's been No, back no, <laughs> he's been captured, by yes. the way. Oh, that's an update. <laughs> the one that was on the run has been captured. He, mm. he came home. And Stupid. Got caught. Yeah. So I asked, I asked my high school boyfriend about Stateville because Stateville in Illinois is the intake where every inmate coming into the Illinois Department of Corrections goes for uh, intake. And then they're sent to other prisons, right? Yeah. So so uh, he's been to this place? <laughs> yeah, Ty was only there for intake. Um, but he said that Stateville is called the Roundhouse, which doesn't sound good anyway. Mm-mm. He says that it's plagued with a lot of suicides. There's fights. There's hostage situations there all the time. In the fucking um, jail? Yeah, it's really run down. It's basically where the worst of the worst in Illinois go. That's great. Um, my favorite is, quote, stuff of nightmares. He said he would see men come from the the roundhouse, and they looked haunted and just like it was the worst thing ever. Your friend said this? Yes, yes. Yeah. So, I even wrote it here, Ty's assessment. So, he's living in Stateville. He gets the name Birdman because he keeps pet birds in his cell. That is fucking weird. <laughs> Where do you even get pet birds? He, I think they come in through the bars and he just keeps them. Can they just fly away? You, no, 
No, you find out later. I'll tell you later how okay. he keeps him. Okay, all right. Um, but he'd often get in trouble for drugs or moonshine. And moonshine. And didn't care because, quote, how am I going to get in trouble? I'm here for 1,200 years. Right. He don't fucking care. No, he's doing whatever he wants yeah. because he's not getting out anyway. No. That's the way. Like, if you're doing the rest of your life with no parole, you don't give a fuck. No, no. So in 1978, Richard is granted an interview to he grants an interview to a Chicago Tribune columnist and finally confesses to the murder, saying he thought he'd be out of jail by 2000, which that ain't 1200 years, mm, not even remotely. It's 22 from the time he's talking, that ain't gonna happen. Right. So this is what he says: "Quote, I had no feelings at all that night." They said there was blood all over the place. I can't remember. It felt like nothing. I'm sorry as hell, though, for those girls and their families and for me. If I had to do it over again, it would have just been a simple house burglary. Oh, good. He still committed a crime, but not the one he committed. You also are helping your case very, very much. <laughs> I think I'll be out in 2000, but, like, yeah, I killed them all, and I didn't fucking care one day. I didn't like, feel bad, and I wish I'd only burglarized them. Right. You, uh, you know the parole hearing is going to... Help gonna, that. It's yeah. going to hear this. So then he know says... That you will do it again. <laughs> yeah. Then he says to... T- he tells the columnist to tell America, quote, Just tell them to keep up their hatred for me. I know it keeps up their morale, and I don't know what I'd do without it. So he's batshit, man. Yeah, he is. So here's a really creepy story. Talking about the bird and stuff. An injured bird somehow got into Richard's cell, and he nursed it back to lo- Like, nursed it back to health tied a little string to its leg, and it would perch on Richard's shoulder. So that's how they didn't fly away. He had him on a little, had him on a little leash, a little, a little bird leash. Weird. A guard tells him he can't have the bird. <sighs> so he got his flock of birds to attack? No, no. So he carries the bird over to a spinning fan. Oh, no. Throws the bird into it. When the guard says, I thought you liked that bird, Richard says, I did, but if I can't have it, then no one can. That is words of a fucking psychopath. You think? So here's... (laughs) Here is... One of the oddest things I've ever read about in my entire life. (laughs) And I've read a lot of weird stuff, people. For some reason, in 1988, Stateville Correctional Center inmates make a film. (laughs) You can make films? I I think they granted filmmakers to come in and Mm. do whatever. Richard recounts the brutal murders in gory detail, states he was high at the time, but, quote, he'd have done it sober. Great. Going to be great for your parole hearing also. Right. So this prison video that's made in 1988, um, a copy of it is received by a Chicago TV news anchor named Bill Curtis in May 1996. Y'all know who Bill Curtis is? We do? Yeah, he has like the most famous crime voice ever on TV ever. Oh my god, look him up. You'll know. Does he narrate Forensic Files? (laughs) No, but he narrates... American Justice, Cold Case Files, Investigative Reports. Like, I'm pulling up a picture because you'll know him the moment you see him. He always walks out in a suit and he's like, When the so-and-so walked out of their house that evening, they yeah. did not expect to run I into... I feel blah, like blah, blah, I blah, can blah. hear his voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. It doesn't sound like that, but you know. Yeah. So in 1996, he gets a copy of these tapes made at Statesville. And he plays them for the Illinois legislature, showing scenes of sex and drugs in prison. (laughs) 
And here we go as to why I said there should be boobies in the title. <laughs> Richard Speck is seen performing oral sex on another inmate in this video. What the fuck kind of video is this? He's this seen, was not a documentary he's crew. He's seen sharing cocaine with other inmates. Always good. And he's... <laughs> Again. He's parading around in silk panties, sporting breasts he'd grown by smuggled-in hormones. The fuck? He grew boobies in prison. Why, though? Um, I asked Ty about this, and he said, do you know how valuable he'd be in prison with girl boobies? You don't want to be that kind of valuable. He is if he's doing cocaine and all the fun stuff. Because then he looks at the camera and says, quote, if they only knew how much fun I was having, they'd turn me loose. I feel like if you have boobs in prison, you're asking to be raped. Yeah, I, I'm. I, I I think that that's what was happening. Uh, yeah, but yeah. like you don't want that. I feel most people know, but Richard's so stupid. Who knows? I guess maybe he did if he gets his crack for free or whatever. yeah. I don't know. Um, a prisoner in the video. A prisoner, like, off-camera asks Richard if he killed the nurses, and Richard says, sure, I did. And when asked why, he shrugs and says, it wasn't their night. Oh, my God. When asked about strangulation, Richard said, quote, it's not like TV. It takes over three minutes, and you have to have a lot of strength. Jesus. So Richard was just living the life, just blabbing out everything that happened with his woman boobies. Well, he doesn't care. He's not getting out. No, he already knows. So... This is what I find really bizarre. (laughs) The Illinois legislature decides to uh, pack an auditorium to show these videos to civilians, to show the public. I don't think the public wants to see this. No, because the video had to be stopped at the moment that Richard's oral sex scene started. Yeah. Why would that be appropriate for public consumption? I don't know, but we're nearing the end. And what is the point of that? It's like you want to show the public that you're doing a horrible job policing your own prison system. Right. I don't really, unless it was meant to create a stir that they could maybe then do prison reform from. Yeah. But just do it. You've seen the video. Why do we need to see it? Right. Um, and you can actually find that video. I emailed it. To us, to the oh to my the, god, <laughs> bits of it, not all of it, oh but you definitely can see Richard's woman boobies. Oh my god! So it's on the podcast email. I have not watched that. It's bizarre. <laughs> I cannot wait to go do that immediately. Do you know what is? Do you know what they remind me of? No. Yes, you do. What image is burned into our mind? Oh, yes, yes, yes. yes. The boobies. I thought you meant the video, no, no, not no. the... Oh, yes, Ice yes, cream yes. Immediately when you said he has little tiny boobies, all I could think of was the guy. Yes. <laughs> the ice cream scoop boobs. Yes. So... Selling uh, Mary candles. candles. Yeah. Um, so on December 5th of 1991, Richard dies of a heart attack on the eve of his 50th birthday. Well, probably because he got so much fucking cocaine in him. Yes, so his sister, who claimed his body, felt a grave would be desecrated, which probably true. Yeah. So he was cremated and spread in a secret location. So. Not the toilet? No, he's not flushed down the toilet. <laughs> um, although he could have been, and I don't right. think anyone would have cared. That's a very secretive place to be spread, the sewage system. That That's a good one. You're spread all over. Yeah. So. It looks like Richard, like, continued his life of being a dumbass just in prison. Like, 
why grow boobs? And it's funny because I remember hearing about him. Okay, so my mom, his his family's from Monmouth. Um, my mom worked in Galesburg with Richard's sister. They worked at this company. My the his sister made some sort of bags. At, at I don't remember. Like I don't know. If, I think they might have. This is gonna be wrong because my mom can correct me later. But I think they were like um, lawnmower. Oh, bags, yeah. yeah. You know? um, and my mom sewed lining to snowsuits. <laughs> that is a bizarre combination, combination of things. Of things That's why I do. don't know if the long or It was definitely a bag. It was definitely not snowsuits she was sewing, but my mom sewed, <laughs> sewed snowsuits. Like so, by hand? Uh, no, I, I would assume not. Like, so was she like a good sewer? My mom? Yeah. Oh, yeah. She huh. made almost every Halloween costume I've ever worn. She made um, my sister's prom dresses. Wow. She, she made prom dresses? That uh, is impressive. She's made christening gowns. She, wow. Yeah, yeah. She she made a bunch of my clothes when I was little. Really? Because it used to be cheaper to buy fabric. So she could buy fabric and make yeah. a bunch of clothes where now fabric's expensive. It's yeah. cheaper to buy clothes. Yeah. But, yeah, my mom is a very, very good, um, very good seamstress. And... She said she wishes she'd have got into pageant dressmaking, you know. Cause she can make a fucking killing on that. Where, that's where the money is. Yeah. Now, uh, harder for her to do. Yeah. But, you know. Um, but she's got plenty of time. Yeah, she's got enough time. <laughs> so, I remember hearing about Richard Speck when I was growing up. And I remember always hearing my mom reference the fact he grew boobs. And I and I always... That stuck Why, into though? my mind because... Huh? Like, what? Right, like... Yeah, why did you do this? And who was smuggling you in? Hormones. Right. But my thing is, is was he, part of me thinks he just was doing it because he could. Because right. he was just like, hey, hey. Yeah, I'm and just to stuff. get attention. Uh-huh. And. To be relevant still. Uh-huh. And to be the one that everyone's paying attention to in prison. Right. Which maybe isn't a good thing. But maybe when you have girl boobs in prison, maybe you're able to, you know, Make a few more rules for yourself than if you're just like a weak little guy. Possibly. Um, Richard is hideous. Um, he's I don't not, think I've ever seen a picture. Not of him. cute. Um, and just not very bright. Like he obviously was Mm-mm. dumber than a box of rocks. Oh God, yes. I just there. Like in his whole life, he stole 150 bucks worth. <laughs> I stole like eight dollars just in that pregnancy test we talked about. <laughs> right. Like. <laughs> He's still $150 his whole life. Yeah, like, what kind of criminal has literally a, like, 25-year crime span of burglary being their <laughs> crime, and they only get $150 total? Somebody that ain't very good at it. It might be, like, 300 with the 70 cartons of cigs. <laughs> well, no, because he made money off those. Oh, 350 maybe. Right. So you, you have, have 25, 25 years of burglary to get 350 bucks. That's bizarre. Right. You ain't doing a very good job. No. And, like, why are you not robbing rich people? You're robbing, like, other poor people. Right. If I'm poor, which I am, I'm not going to rob other poor people. Like a 60-year-old lady has to babysit for $250. i am not going to rob her. Also, who's paying $250 for babysitting? You got hoes. Yeah, for sure. So, Richard did not get out by 2000 no. He was dead long before that. Yeah, even if he wasn't dead, he probably still wasn't getting out by 2000. No. But the dude had like 40, 41 arrests in Texas. First of all, Texas, come on. 
Right. And, and then, then what? He, he comes here and you just forget about him? Right. Texas was like, not our, yeah, not, they probably were like, not our problem anymore. Yeah. See ya. Yeah, he's out of here. Yeah, Texas is like, he's gone. We don't care. Yeah, goodbye. But again, he, oh, I didn't get a like, mosquito on very hands. Um, but again, he wasn't even, like, 40 some arrests, but, like, again, he got $300 worth. Like, they probably were like, why are we bothering arresting this dude who's yeah. doing, like, the stupidest? All he's doing is crashing cars and stealing $2. Like, he's really not that... I'm sure he's not anywhere near the list of top of their priorities. No. But then he comes to Illinois, and he's like, I'm going to start murdering people. Anyway, snaps for Corazon for hiding. It's a fucking doozy. Snaps for Shirley for getting away when she could. No kidding. I just... So, clearly, his was... Well, his might have been nature and nurture, but clearly he had a bit of nature in there. So, like, were the other seven totally productive, normal humans? Right? They must have been. And even if they weren't, they're nowhere near as fucked up as him. No, they they have to at least have a brain. They certainly look like productive humans. Did all the brain go to the first six and then he came out with none? What's the ape kid like? Right? So, anyway, I've got a list of episodes we're going to work on. Who are we doing next? I don't know. I we've, don't know either. I've got a couple. I've got a couple written. I've got the kidnapping of Jamie Claus wrote out. That's mm. a good one. It has a happy ending. Um, so I don't know yet. We'll have to see. Mm. Sorry about our little break again. At least we pre-recorded what? enough that we didn't not have anything to put out. Yeah, because I keep leaving. They won't even know that there's a break. No, we know. Yeah, and we feel unproductive. Yes. Uh, but I think I'm pretty. Well, I mean. Yeah, I think I'm home pretty much now. I just jam-packed a bunch of crap, like, in yeah, the month of May. Yeah, like, two weeks. Yeah, it was, like, the month of May. I just had something every day, it felt like. Yeah. I don't know what I was doing, but Ohio was a blast. If anyone was in Cincinnati last weekend, Shout which would have been the you 31st to the 2nd, good time. <laughs> Whatever was on fire in Cincinnati, hope nobody was burning up, because that was bad. I did not get to go see my favorite band, so I'm disappointed about that. I have to see my favorite band and your favorite band. But I FaceTimed you. Yes, that was good. Yes, I, I tried. I appreciate that. All right, well, we have a toddler nearing meltdown. Yeah, she's at meltdown. And it's only 10.08. That's pretty early for us. Yeah, it is. I'm still hungry, but... Yeah, still don't have any snacks. I have nothing at home either. We just went to the store yesterday. I'm going to go in and eat your fudge. <gasps> no, I'm, you fucking aren't. I'm just kidding. I'm All going right. to eat my fudge. Well, our Instagram game's getting much better. So yeah. follow us on Instagram. We got a good Instagram game. Twitter's I've, still lacking, so that's my yeah, fault. Yeah, that's because I don't have my Twitter attached to my Instagram. So That's that because I just don't do well. I'll, I can go on and share them, but Facebook... We really need to take a class on how to make that something. Yeah. Because we're slacking up a storm on that, too. Yeah, well, my Instagram is attached to my Facebook, no matter which Instagram I'm on. Oh. So I can't just share it straight from Instagram to that Facebook. I have to redo the whole thing. And I always forget. Yeah, I just... I'm just... I'm slacking on my social media game in general. Lately. On your twatting? Yeah, just in general. I don't know. Hmm. I'm just liking stuff instead of posting anything. <laughs> like, I was at a festival and didn't even tweet about anything until I got home, and I made two tweets about it. I don't even have Twitter. That's true. You're voice lacking. Twitter is actually how... Do you remember when the bling ring happened and they were robbing all those famous people? 
in California? No. They made a movie about it. Oh. Anyway, the bling ring was these group of kids that were robbing all these famous people because the famous people would put that they were somewhere else on Twitter. They would tweet um, about being, like, in... Like that Good Charlotte song? I don't know. Rich and Famous? Yeah. They talk about robbing them? Yeah. Basically, that's yes. what happened. So, they'd be like, oh, we're in Ibiza for the weekend. Woohoo! And then the people would go to their house and rob them. Because if you're going to put where you're at, that means you're not at home. Right. That's like um, Austin just posted a bunch of pictures on Facebook about him in Canada. And I was like... Bro, I've asked you several times when you are gone, please do not post on Facebook until you get home. Because I don't want every fucking Tom, Dick, and Harry on your Facebook page knowing that we're home by ourselves. Yeah, that's not nice. I, I, yeah, I didn't, I didn't post much while I was gone. I don't post much while I'm gone. I mean, if somebody wants to go in my house and try to hurt my mom... More power to you, but she is crazy, and she will not she, go down without she's some She's seen sort of some shit and done some shit, and so she is not I actually, let you go. I kind of feel bad for you, because Linda ain't fucking around. No, it ain't going to be easy on your end at all. She ain't got time for that kind no, of shit. No, so good luck. <laughs> right. More power to you. You're right. So, anyway, follow like us, us on all the stuff. Yes, follow us, like Somebody us. Somebody like us or review us. Yeah. Um, speaking of, to my Subscribe. friends. To my friends that listened on the drive home from Chicago this weekend, you'll hear this. <laughs> review it or rate us or like us or something. We only have four rates. Two of them are us. Yeah. One is my mom that I did on her phone when she didn't even know. And the other is our friend Paige because we made her. Oh, yeah. I, f- I totally forgot we did that to her. Yeah. So we only have four. So, yeah. We have no actual reviews. So, so somebody just do it. My Tell friends, your I know friends. you listen. Tell your friends. Tell your other friends. Tell Even all the friends. Hate us. Tell your friends. Just put it on at work in the background on mute just <laughs> so that there's listens. Listen to it over and over again yeah. so that we climb up. Yeah, that'd be great. You don't you don't actually have to listen to us. I listen to it because I don't hear it while it's being edited and I think we're hilarious. So she hears it while she edits it and then I go and listen to it. But like that's only one listen. Yeah. So sometimes that's how it gets fucked up because I only listen to it while I'm editing it, and then I don't listen to it again before I put it out because I've already listened to it like four times. So sometimes she gets fucked up, like the time I tried to bleep something out, and it just put the song put the song in for some reason. Woke me up though, (laughs) me too, because it was so loud. I was in the car, and it just fucking started blaring, and I was like, I literally almost fucking crashed the car. It was it was it was it was very startling. Yes. Yeah. All right, so we've created little domes for our, our mics to try to make it. Yeah, hopefully sound the better. sound quality is better. So, Our sound quality has been lacking sorely. Well, I think we're still doing pretty okay for recording on some, like, cheap-ass microphones and a laptop. Yes. With no professional anything. Uh-uh. I think we're doing okay. We are doing okay. We would know if you people would let us know. Yeah, like, tell even tell us if we're crap. I mean, don't. Yeah. Don't because that'll hurt our feelings, but. We like constructive criticism. Because we're likely to maybe verbally engage with you if you say something mean because... Yeah, that's just who we are. That's, yeah, that's who we are as people. So we don't, can't, don't we be can't mean, but definitely tell us. If you want to give shit, just know you will receive it <laughs> right back. Yes, yes, we don't. Like that one girl that then erased her comments. <laughs> yeah. Yes, the one that I screenshotted to you and I was like, I need you to respond to this because I can't be nice today. <laughs> I was okay. It was much and nicer it still than scared what, her off. It was much nicer than what I was gonna say. Oh well. But we do love you. We do. All of you. All yeah. dozen of you. Yes. 
the 12 of you that listen, we appreciate it. We do. And if you would review us, we would mention your names and how much we appreciate you. Yeah. <laughs> like we already did to Paige. Yes. Paige probably isn't even listening anymore. No, she for surely is not. <sighs> She's so busy. Mm. All right, well, I'm going to go find something to eat at somebody's house. So we're going to go. I'm going to find food. She's going to starve. Coddle her toddler. Eat fudge. Oh, yeah. And uh, we'll be back again soon. Yes, we will. All right. Don't talk to strangers. And let's never meet. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. Is it over? (laughs) Are we done? Ah.